we're live. We are. Welcome to our 19th episode. Brent and Chris Talk. Brent and Chris Talk. Howdy, partners and partnerettes. No, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, don't do that. No, that didn't work. That didn't work. Sorry. Still working for like my yeah. signature... Intro? Intro. Yeah. I like the intro. Have a nice day. Have a nice week. I know. I was doing We Are Back for so many times, but... Yeah. So we're, we're back. We are. <laughs> you can have that one if you want. We can trade off. That's an interesting idea. Just, yeah. Yep. Hmm. So, this is an interesting episode because yet again we're going to do something different. A and departure. Not just, yeah, not just straight up go down the political path, which we could do every episode. Believe me, there's plenty of dialogue for that. But in lieu of that, there's been yeah. other things we've been talking about that we think are cool and that we thought you ought to know. Yeah. yeah. So, tight end. So, we're talking about. Uh, yeah, in this episode, we're going to be. Uh, re-examining the lessons we have been taught in our history classes growing up. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a little bit more to the story? Well, I think if you sit there and think back to history of any kind, the class you've taken, and if you think that's everything that ever happened is what you've learned, yeah. then you're crazy. I mean, there's people out there which I'm not, you know, trying to poo-poo too much. I'm just saying that if you're, I'm just going to call it out, naive enough to think that everything that's written down is all there ever was, then, I mean... You're definitely missing something. Correct. So if, no way around it. If you are a fan of Egypt, yes. uh, if you are a fan of history, or if you're a fan of the world, uh, grand theories yes. of life and religion and uh, things of substance. Yes. Not just you know complete conspiracy and whatever woo woo. That's what they call it on Rogan's podcast is woo woo. Woo woo. Yeah. I don't like that per se, but. We're going off facts here as usual. So everything you're going to hear from us is stuff that's concrete. Nothing that, and it'll all be linked below. Right. And any departures <laughs> from the stuff, any, uh, as we like to do, our own picks yeah. on the stuff. Yeah, and we'll give our opinions. We'll yes. tell you. Absolutely. That way you don't get confused. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. And uh, But first, how was your week? My week was great. Really. Uh, Courtney was busy with the work function that took up most of her days and evenings, so the kids and I had some quality time. And, uh, yeah, it went fast. You know how it is when you've got the kids. You've been there. You are yep. there. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago. So, I mean, I'd say it went well. Uh, work, just uh, lots of good opportunities there to move my career along, which I think is, is awesome in a company. And being in healthcare is kind of interesting, too. So, one thing I learned, uh, I work for OSF, so full disclaimer there. Uh, I'm not promoting or, or not promoting them, either way, right? Um, but they're going to have one of the most advanced cancer treatments in the world live, uh, I think in the year 2023 is what they're saying now. Wow. It's like this proton pencil beam technology. And the whole thing is like literally it shoots like a, this is a Sharpie, it's not a pencil, but you can use your imagination, folks. It t like if, if you have a tumor somewhere, it like shoots the protons that it generates into that area, and it doesn't like go through it. It doesn't like hurt all the stuff in sure. around it because there's like secondary cancer is now a big thing where people got cancer treatment like 20, 25 years ago, and now they're having secondary cancer from the radiation they got to treat the initial cancer. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's it's harsh. It's very hard on your body. Like you've seen people that yep. are going through it. So I mean, it's it's terrible. But, I mean, it's life-saving, too, so it's like one of those double-edged swords. So, And that's just it. When they first started like using radiation technology, people didn't live. Like, if you had cancer and they just removed it and they didn't do any radiation, a lot of times it had metastasized and spread. 
So, I mean, they didn't live 20, you know, 25 years. So now you've got that. And so the cool thing is, what I'm saying is, Peoria is going to be on the map. I think it'd be like one of two, maybe three of this advanced nature. This technology exists elsewhere, but this is going to be from the scratch, built by the manufacturer and put in. And they're like putting up buildings and redoing all the campus up there. It's They're putting, I think it's like $200 million into this. Wow. So, so I mean, look at that back in like two treatments. Yeah. Refer to other episodes. You know, for what it's worth, I will say that, like, my job is very focused on costs, yeah, savings, and right. elimination. And I don't, it's not totally, I'm not saying there's not greedy people out there, but it's, I don't believe, at least where I work, it's totally lost on people that we've got to keep, we've got to do everything we possibly can to lower the cost of healthcare. Mm -hmm. like, that's a legitimate thing people are trying to do. Well, no, and I was by no means. No, no, you're right, though. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's pharmaceutical crazy. companies. Are all of it. I, the we're we're completely the subject to it. Yeah. Right. Drugs, treatment, man. Like, I have, I mean, every time I go to get uh, my, take my kids to the doctor, they're like, you want to pay the balance? And it's just like, no, I, I have a plan. Like, I just pay every so much because I always have a running balance. Yeah, I know. And it's a lot. It's not just like 50 bucks. I 50 know. bucks, I paid off. I know. <laughs> But it's like, ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Like, I can't. Like, it's one go to the just to just walk in the door of the specialist for Warren for his uh, respiratory thing. Mm -hmm. Two hundred bucks just to walk in the place, and then if they do anything, it's like another two hundred, three hundred bucks. So you're talking five hundred dollars a shot, mm -hmm. and he goes every quarter. We're waiting to get the bill for the uh, endo endocrinologist. Yeah. It, yeah, yep. it just happens. So how was your week? Let's talk about more happy things. <laughs> well, no, I, not happy. Yeah, you know, no. I thought that that was going to be a good segment, yeah. but I just, like, nosedived no, in the ground, so no, I apologize. No, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, you're an ass. No, no, Which no. is sometimes true. <laughs> no, my, my week, uh, you know, I it, had a rough week yeah. uh, early on uh, with the passing of my grandma, yeah. and um, it was something she'd been sick. I didn't personally realize it was so close, uh, despite the you know, things my mom had been telling me, um, with much more experience, I just thought she seems okay. So, yeah. uh, you know, I got to see her a couple of days before she passed away and I took, uh, Harry and Evelyn up there and Chelsea was there and I got to go get her a cheeseburger from McDonald's and hung out with her for a few hours. We had a lot of good conversations, wonderful last memories to have. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's important. Yeah, she passed away in the presence of her best friend, so that's, that's you know, they were just talking, and she just kind of slipped into a kind of a sleep state, and called the priest in, did last rites, and she was gone, so, of uh, <coughs> ways to go, I'm yeah. that up there on top of acceptable ways. Yeah, I mean, I we've talked about this before, I would much rather fade away gracefully than have some abrupt or... We've been watching uh, King Kong a lot, me and Harrison, and like, oh, God, I don't know how long I can keep doing this, explaining, like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> they know, man. They're smarter than you, than we know, than we know, that's for sure. Yeah, the guy that got stepped on by a spider and paled through his face, no, he's fine. <laughs> totally fine. He's going to go put a band-aid on and walk that off. He just got stepped on. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, that guy that got ripped in. He's fine. We don't really, I mean, not. I'm not criticizing. We, no. I don't think we have to address that for the most part yet. They haven't really been too curious. Like, Eleanor's called things as, like, dead before, but I don't think, yeah. I think it's more of a concept than ever understood. Right. Yeah, we're, we're not sure how to address it with Harry. When, uh, when my grandpa died, we said, you know, he just went to heaven. You know, he had grandpa to go to heaven, and, and that was okay. He was younger then, didn't have as many 
questioning mm-hmm. uh, abilities. So services will be next week. We'll see if we do a show next week. Uh, timing's going to be a little tough with all that. But, um, yeah. it's one of those things that, gosh, I just... Back to life, man. They're going to have to... They have to know. You know, it's not fair to just, like, sugarcoat the thing. I've heard it's best to be honest, but yeah. not, like, brutally honest, obviously. And of, and of conversations <laughs> I'm comfortable having with my son, I think death is the most uncomfortable for me personally hmm. the, I, 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 everything else I'm pretty solid on I feel good on but I don't know the right answers I, especially when you're three you know yeah. I don't want to cause Scare. fear yeah, yeah you know uh, a fear of this stuff I think still keeping more broad context rather than very specific things is probably fine I know I looked yeah. at Mr. Rogers and how he helped describe things to kids cause God, Sesame Mr. Street's Mr. a good one too yeah 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 uh, so, you know, uh, I say still a lot of time with my family, though, but, you know, figuring out arrangements and stuff like that, and, uh, I just learning, learning about my grandma, you know, learning things I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird? It is. And the show is odd, uh, in weird ways, because the research we do here, a lot of it doesn't make it onto the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of things go different weird. So when we were talking, uh, at the funeral home about, you know, planning my grandma's obituary, my uncle said, well, she was an odd fellow. And I've researched the odd fellows, and it kind of came up in this show. Not not really when I can get there, but um, the odd fellows was kind of this, uh, I don't want to say a secret organization, because it wasn't, but they were all about doing the good thing. Their biggest guiding light was the golden rule. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you can't be an odd fellow where the men of the club and I was like well that means she was a Rebecca and they were daughters of Rebecca was the the women version of the odd fellows okay so got to throw some helpful information in there felt a little bit useful it's the one thing I could help and contribute to there so I did that and um yeah you know uh so uh that, that was really my week that was your week that was really my week yeah. that was that was a thing it's enough yeah I, I I still have homework I have to do tonight. I, got, I stayed caught up with acoustics. That was my biggest fear. I just got so behind at the beginning of the week with everything. And uh, uh, it's just hard. It's hard. Math's hard for me. Like, this stuff is hard for me. Because, like, I can, I'm good with things I can comprehend and understand. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about, like, theoretical concepts of measuring sound waves and, and stuff like that, yeah, that's hard. And that's hard for me to be like, oh, all right, well, I have to do this now because this is happening. Well, it's not only boring as can be, but I mean, like... That, too. That, too. This well, I'm not saying the class is boring, no, like the no, concepts, no. but, like, when you get to the nitty-gritty... Yes. You're probably just, like, nodding off. <laughs> right. Well, and the one thing that saved it this week in acoustics was it was measuring my own studio. It was measuring our space here and finding out the... Uh, the rate of decay for the reverberations. I mean, I'd say that. it's about 1.25 brints tall square. You know, it's funny you say that because it actually is about uh, one point something meters tall. But that's funny. Yeah, interesting. And uh, so I know the rate of decay of this room, and it was interesting because I had to actually take into account. You can't see them. Well, you can back there. Uh, the cinder blo- cinder block walls mm. with paint on them. Mm. They have an acoustic absorbency rate, mm. and then I do a different one for the walls that are drywall. And uh, different for the ceiling, different for the carpeted floor. All the different absorption rates play in. It got so boring. I know. I'm sorry. I'm no man, I'm not bored. I'm like looking around, thinking to myself, like, 
Mm -hmm. So that's our whatever insulation. What if it was a higher insulation? Like, would that matter? Mm -hmm. More dense? Yeah. Hmm. And you painted this drywall. Does that matter? Yep. Is that that's moldboard, right? Yep. So I'm sure that probably does too. But that wasn't in the list of uh, options. Damn it! They had carpet she, on you concrete know, floor. Be like, Look, I know. I don't have moldboard in here. <laughs> I need help. What's the density of that? <laughs> well, and it was like carpet floor or carpet on padded floor. I mean, it got really specific. And then there were drapes. And I even had um, if you had that. like a, if you're doing a room with a pool in it, they gave you a water reflection. What about a room with a painting of a tree? I'm sure you could do that. I mean, you have one right there. That's true. And, well, and then you have to measure sorry, from I'm the quiet. speakers to the receivers, and then there's it just gets so crazy. Yeah. It's amazing how many things tie into to the room, though, because the idea of what you're measuring is how fast is the energy decay is the question. Hmm. And uh, that kind of comes up in some of the things we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Cool. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah. Ready to bend your mind? Yep, it's going to be bent. It's already bent, but... I want to do full disclosure on this one. Uh, some of the things we're going to talk about here are out there. Like, they're just flat out out there. We're going to start very much in the realm of reality, and then we're just going to take a left turn. There's things that are not totally understood, so I think that hopefully people that are listening that know much about history can appreciate that. Right. And I think there's, you know, listening to these people talk... We're trying to go down a crazy path. Right. For sure, there's limits. <laughs> yes, and, 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 and I think listening to this interesting take on time and history has really made me aware of all the assumptions that we've made before this and taken for granted. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, so let's dive in. What if history is wrong? What if the stories were taught in our classes are incorrect? And what if civilization is actually much older? And what if we were more advanced in a previous time. Mm -hmm. More focused on that than civilization being older. Like civilization, like there's been people, peoples, mm -hmm. types of people, like different Denisovians, and you, like we're not going to talk about that yeah. per se, but you know what I mean, like different types of human humans. Um, we're talking about advanced We're talking more like, yeah, the civilization, the cultural advancement that there's, ev there's clear evidence of that predates the majority of what you're taught. And um, and we're going to ask or pose the question, try to answer the question, what happened to these advanced civilizations? Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe how did we end up with the story that we tell today? Well, yeah, and why don't we have more in the way to show for it? Right. That's an important question. So one of the things I want to ask before we dive in is, do you think we could forget technology? Do you think we could for actually forget uh, pieces of ourselves or pieces of technology that, that would be relevant or helpful in yes. today's world? Oh, yeah. I, I do, mean, too. So just simple things like, okay, our phones. Yep. Like, I'm not going to go down the path you, you may think I am. No, with you. This phone utilizes satellites. Yep. Right? So the satellites up there are... In, I think it's called synchronous geosynchronous orbit. Yeah, um, and so that they're on a certain altitude, and there's atmosphere up there higher than we think up to. It just it gets thinner as you go into outer space. Um, but all the satellites, for the most part, are in some kind of atmosphere. Like they're up there, but they're not. They're in space. Mm -hmm. But like the defined realm of like edge of space is there's still an atmosphere there. It's like mm. eighty some thousand feet, I think, or something like that. So many miles up. Anyways. Um, so those satellites are spinning around up there. If, if, for some reason, we don't tend to them, 
we don't make sure their orbits aren't crisscrossing or yeah. they don't get too close. Or if something happens, like it gets hit by a meteorite or something, and they need their course correct because it's going to fly into something, or if it's going to crash land, to make sure it flies into the ocean and not into sure. you know a populous area. Uh, if we're not there to do that, that's all gone. And if that all crashes into the Earth and is given much time at all, you may, you know, all those bits and pieces of metal are going to get crunched up and it's going to burn up largely in the atmosphere. So think about what of that would be left if you fast forward even a couple hundred years. Sure. You know. That's great. You, gotta, you have to know where to look. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the Laos Plateau. Okay. And uh, this is in China. It's 250,000 square miles in central, uh, north-central China, and it's believed to be one of the earliest cradles of Chinese civilization. Yep. And because of that, uh, it was once highly fertile, and the land was, um, it underwent desert, uh, desertification. Yes. Got there. Because uh, people just farmed it too much. They put too many animals that could handle on it. They didn't have, they didn't respect the land. Yeah. Didn't take care of it. Didn't take care of it. Yep. So Laos uh, actually comes from the German word for loose because the soil was so loose that it would wash so much away into the Yellow River every time it would flood. Well, in 94, um, the watershed rehabilitation project was launched to rehabilitate the land. And what they did was they required people to change animal husbandry practices, encourage natural regeneration of grasslands, and through terracine. Do you know mm -hmm. what terracine is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so terracine, a piece of slope land that gets cut into a series of flat surfaces. It's like steps. Yes, exactly. Majorly popular, like, in mountainous regions. Right. And now, I know, I know what you're going to say. Well, Chris, none of this stuff was forgotten. That's why they did it. But here's the thing. They let it get so bad. They had the technology at hand for the hundreds, if not thousands of years it took for this land to erode, and they chose not to do anything about it. Right. So, I, I think that counts as forgetting. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and for what I think today's show, I think we count, I'm going to count that as forgetting. Well, you think at some point before, I mean, so let's talk about when the Europeans were coming over here and there was the indigenous populations, mm -hmm. right? They were coming over here and wiping them out with smallpox. They weren't shooting them all because they didn't have to. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but there had to have been some leap. And we know that the indigenous populations here, they fought each other and were brutal you know yep. you know between one each other's clans um, but they largely had a different belief system and you know they uh, respected the land largely like they, they tried to keep things in balance yeah and then contrast that with some leap that had to have been made probably with religion you know uh, largely speaking for Western Europe right some leap was made that um, something like in my mind this is probably Brent theory not widely accepted theory but you know when you start thinking along the lines of well god put us here on earth to uh to rule over our common fellow because we're kings or we're popes or whatever once that leap is made and you start that conquest type mentality i think that's when you stop respecting at least certain layers of things like if you think you own something else or are superior to it yeah if you start considering your fellow man animals which has happened multiple times multiple in history times. So, I don't know, I just sort of think that kind of thing, too. That's how it's forgotten. Like, you make these leaps of whatever understanding or accept acceptance, and then that, that just kind of goes off a slippery slope. Well, and, and that's the thing. Just to finish on the, the terrace yeah. scene, that goes all the way back to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Oh, yeah. That's how they were built. The mythical. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, they found... What is it? I mean, well, found, I mean, mythical uh, in the sense that there's, like, the story is stranger. Told. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> and how did they, you know, pipe the water through it and right. all that? Yes. And... Technology. Yes. <clears throat> and just another silly one. Why not? Yeah. Kodak, the film company, Kodak, they developed the first digital camera in 1975. The technology was bad, and it was like a one megapixel camera or point one megapixel. Very not good, you know, bad. And um, but they knew that that the technology was not going to be good for their sell uh, their sales for the film that they were going to yeah. sell. So they pretty much just sat on the technology. Though today they still own several of the patents. Sure. They knew it was going to happen. They just didn't want to bring it forward. So I think we can see relatively recent in our history that information is controlled for benefits yeah and not always given to us uh the time it's found out right not everybody understands all that technology wonderful exactly and um uh if you want to know more about the laos plateau really i encourage you to look it up there's a wonderful documentary uh done by john d Liu, and it's called hope in a changing climate uh he was uh pretty sure he was a journalist or photojournalist sent to laos plateau to capture it the rehabilitation and he was just blown away. He's like, man can change the climate. Man can have control over this. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's does he's uh, really spent the rest of his life doing that. He's now, uh, or last I checked, he's working in Syria on doing a big reforestation project there. Wow. And the one thing that's amazing, when you look at the people on the Laos Plateau and stuff, they're not using tractors. They're, they're just digging. They're doing it by hand. I mean, this is... And like teams of animals pulling plows. Yeah. I mean, this is not something that you need to... I just, I think it's interesting that we've had this ability to work one with nature, to keep nature a certain way, mm -hmm. and, and maintain a balance with it, and we just let yeah. that go. Well, okay, here's another thing I just thought about, because you're right. Um, we humans have always manipulated their environment to suit us. That's where I disagree. Well, we're wearing clothes. But we'll, we'll get into that. Okay, well, that's fine. But I'm going to stick with my thought that we that's pretty good. much manipulate the environment to suit us in everything. So think about it. Like, we want to survive. We're like pack animals because we figured out that, you know, cooperation benefits us more than fighting, you know, having every man for themselves, right? right? So that cooperation allows us to work in teams, which a lot of animals can't do. And so we sure. we manipulate and, like... We've, we're the ones that domesticated dogs, and we've domesticated, we've, we've changed animals from I'm gonna push back horses on that, and Just cows. on the dogs, because dogs very much domesticate themselves in Corn. some ways, too. Corn is a good example. But I'm going to push back on all this stuff. Sure. We'll get there. Okay. Because we're still on the same page on a lot of this well, stuff. Yeah, we agree for the most part. I yeah. just, that's when I'm going to stake my claim in the sun yeah. right now. We'll talk and, some more about that. Because, yeah, we're going to debate what is advanced me, and I think that's some great thing. Okay. Uh, so, there... Where is the evidence? You would ask. What? What? Where do we? Where can we build this hypothesis that history is wrong, right? Or that history is forgotten? Incomplete. Itself? Incomplete. Great. Um, well, let's start with the Sphinx. Okay. Ah, Egyptian music. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Egyptian music. Uh, cue. And the Sphinx. Uh, they. It is claimed to be built 2,500 BCE by Egyptologists. Right. That's the current, widely held claim. Yep. But there was a man named, you introduced me to him, John Anthony West. Yep, John Anthony West. Uh, introduced me to his work, I should say. Yep, Dr. Robert Schock. And, yes, Robert Schock is a huge one, too. Um, 
There was actually, if I may, yeah, a precursor that kind of introduced the ideas yes. that ran with. Um, Thank I'm not sure. So R. A. Schwaller. Schwaller. I probably said that last name uh, wrong. He's French, so yeah. I butchered his name probably. But he's important. Yes. So sorry, Sir no, Anthony. And, and and I feel bad because I'm sorry, not. Anthony. I'm definitely starting with people who are piggybacking off their work, and yeah. I don't really do much on them. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, Those so guys are important. Great, though. great. Mr. West and Mr. Shock. Yes. Yeah, so Mr. West is an American writer. Mm-hmm. And he claims that the erosion on the Sphinx was caused by water, not wind and sand. Right. Because it's a vertical erosion. Right. And the issue with that is the last time there would have been rain in Egypt... To cause that erosion. ...would have been the Younger Dryas. Right. Which is like the fifth or sixth millennia... So, yes, let's do the Younger Dryas real quick, if you don't care. Uh, It's believed to be 1,200... Uh, 12,800 to 11,600 years ago. Yep. And um, there's there's a lot of evidence, ge- I guess it would be ge- uh, geological evidence on yeah. this. Yeah, so basically we're talking about epochs, like time frames where right. massive change in the climate took place. This so is the Younger Dries is one of those. A mass extinction event. Yep. The most recent. Yep. And um, it took place when, uh, yeah. In- what's... What's crazy about this one, if you will, though, mm-hmm. is they think that at 12,800 years ago, there was a meteor that came, and it caused this massive cooling. They mm-hmm. think it may have hit in the, uh, the the North American ice caps, right. which is why it would be really hard to find an impact crater, because it would have been in an ice cap that then would have melted. Right, and then there's subsequent cooling that covered that up. Correct, and so, but then... And then, 11,600, another meteor, they think. This is where we're speculating. There are debates about whether the yes. meteor or if it was a solar mass ejection, this SME yes. concept. And that's, uh, that's CME, basically... C- yeah, coronal mass ejection. Coronal mass ejection, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, but they, that's the concept of the, the sun emitting powerful right. Right. waves of, of radiation and all kinds of things that now, impact And us. there's evidence of both Correct. of these things, to be perfectly We know what happens. Correct, yeah. yeah they know we, what happens. Yes, and that's the thing. There is a, an evidence... There was an agreement now that the Younger Dryas is, is the uh, Younger Dryas is this massive, uh, again, mass-level extinction event. Right. And after it, when we came out, the water rose, uh, the seas, the ocean rose 400 yeah. feet. Beginning of this, this happening, it cooled... Yep. And then it warmed back up. And they think flood. that, yes, and they think the flood would, could have been a meteor that broke off instead of hitting an ice cap. It hit the water that uh, caused the water to go up in the atmosphere and create a greenhouse effect that would have caused this rapid warming. Mm-hmm. And um, in this time, the sea level rose by 400 feet. They think, yep. Yeah, and the Sahara became the desert that it is today. I mean, yep. there was just a lot of changes going on. The climate so, itself and you know, all over was changed drastically so this 12,800 uh years ago or i'm sorry coming out of the younger dryas would have been the 11,600 that's when they think that uh this west believes west and uh robert shock robert shock and the other graham oh uh, graham hancock graham hancock believe that um that this would have been the time that the Sphinx would have experienced this. The weathering events. The weathering events. Yep. Now, this blows the dating by the Egyptologist out of the water. Yep. 
I mean, by a huge number. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the debt. Right, right now, they're thinking that the, the Sphinx was uh, uh, built around 2500 BC, which is like 4,500 years old, which is super freaking old. Right. But, I mean, if you go back to what these guys are saying, the, the sixth or fifth millennia, that would push that whole thing back a further three to four thousand years. Four, yeah, right. And that would have been after the Younger Dryas. Yep. Where they believe there was this mass re-civilization. Now, it got shot down numerous uh, times by the academic uh, community, if you mm -hmm. would, because they said, well, where is any other evidence of a advanced civilization before yeah. this. Yeah. There was never any Before evidence. the 2500, before the, the Egyptian, which those periods, I think, are like, they go back before 2500 BC, but it's not that... Well, far. I have information on no, that, too. Correct. Yeah. There's, other, there's another side. I'm talking about yeah. accepted... Uh, right. Yeah. You know, archaeological Regularly. evidence. Correct. Yeah. And cool. so... Um, that was all until the 90s. Like, this is not that old. This information that then comes to light. Yep. And uh, you could take it from here. Enter. Yeah, then you run into Gobekli Tepe. They found out in Turkey. Ah, uh, and it's which, such a cool thing. Yeah, Gobekli Tepe is a pretty interesting thing. I mean, I when I first heard about it, I'm like, okay, this is some, like, skeptics yes. out of the weird conspiracy theory thing. But no, you start looking at it, and I mean... It's literally this compound of ruins. Then it's not just Gobekli Tepe by itself. There's other ones that haven't even been excavated, and they're right. all over this region of Turkey. They think there's 50% of Go, uh, Gobek, uh, the Gobekli Tepe that is yet to be right. excavated. Right. Too. That's just it. They're, they're just now digging into it. This guy, I think, is from Germany, the lead scientist there. Right. And the other guy that you had mentioned uh, earlier, he had passed away. He was the lead dig. Uh, West? Uh, no, the... Uh, Schlaw, uh, the fathers of this kind of theory. Oh, Lubitz, or whatever his name was. Yeah, I'll find it. I'm yeah. sorry. There's so many names. This has been like the biggest thing to research. I think that's who it is. But yeah, I mean, and, and so Gobekli Tepe, that they know from carbon dating goes back to the 10th millennium BC. Which would be, yeah, 11,000 to 9,000 BCE. Yep. Now, okay, we're yep. putting the. The, they that say was, that's the first evidence they know that it was it was built. And let, okay, so we have to talk about this place more because yeah. this is the largest monolithic site or monolith site yep. that they found. Now, monoliths are the um, are the giant statues you could think of uh, Easter Isle. Yep. Um, well, I'm like we're going to cover other ones. Easter Isle is the biggest one. That right. People, but there's the um, the the heads that we were talking about before the show. Um, yeah, I, I was going to get to them. The Olmecs. Yes. Yeah. There's those kinds of things. The Olmec heads. There's like the hinges that you run into, but those are much newer out in, oh. in England and all yeah. that. Right. It's not um, hinge. So we're talking about massive um, T-shaped stone pillars that were built. So the oldest known megalith, right? Yes. And I mean, we're talking about, so there's 200 of these pillars and 20 different circles that they've known so far through their different surveys. Yes. And each one of these pillars is around... 20 feet uh, tall and weighs up to 10 tons. And we're talking... I've heard, yeah, 20 tons is what I read, too. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm just quoting one source. These sources are variable, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think we know the site exists and we know these... You can see pictures of the, of the stuff. So, I mean, it's creative, It's pretty incredible. Like, I, you see pictures of the, the pyramids and explaining how they've got those stones there is, and we'll go over some of that is, is pretty incredible. But let alone... Even if you go off accepted uh, theory, and that's only 2500 BC, roughly, when they built the Sphinx, wouldn't that be pretty insane to think that a further 
uh, you know, go back three times that. Yes. And, you're, and that's that's what people are, are doing this. And and this is supposed to be like more advanced. Right. It's yes. And, and we're talking about when accepted theory would say these are hunter gatherer nomads eating berries and fruits and trying to survive off a couple of squirrels. Like we're not. Yes. We're barely making fire. <laughs> and and Joe Rogan has a great debate. Have you seen the debate one with Graham Hancock? And, I'm the skeptic. Yes. Yeah. The skeptic. Great debate, and he and the skeptic has some really good points. But I, and we're going to kind of run off some of those later. Yeah. But um, the some of the, the images of that uh, Gobekli Tepe yeah. is just they they carved three D animals out of the stone. Yep. That, that very advanced culture. Like okay, and let's be honest, we if. I'm on the boat that uh, Graham Hancock is, that the Sphinx is older. Are you... I believe it because when you look at the Sphinx, uh, the pictures you see today of it, like, it's sitting its paws, yeah. like, on the earth, and it's just kind of flat around it, that's not the whole story. Because that part, like, where the paw, like, the bottom of it's mm -hmm. at, it goes down several stories. There's, and there's like this. There's this pit they yeah. excavate every so often. They have it for a long time. It just fills with sand over time because it's in the desert, yep. on the edge of the desert. Um and so when it goes down that much further, you can see pictures of these rocks, and it does look like it looks like what what happens when it rains, and you see water running down the face yes. of the rock. It's just like streams of erosion, and you, the rock is is soft. It's not chiseled to a point or anything. Right. It's very well covered over and soft. I'm not a geologist, so I'm not qualified to look at that and say how old that is. But the weathering pattern, if you have, and Robert Shock is a geologist. Yeah. He looks uh, at the weathering pattern. He's not. He's not. Oh wait, uh, Robert Shock. You're Shock. right. I'm sorry. You're Anthony right. West. Yeah, you're right. You're or, or right. Anthony West was yes. not. Yes. Yeah. You're Robert right. Shock, I believe, is the archaeological guy. And he now teaches at a University of Boston. Yep. He's a professor there. Yes. So I mean, this is a legit guy who's risking his career and has for a while on these theories that he believes in. And can I just have to talk about the Gobekli, the the, the the statues carved here. Okay, and like, and they're saying that Look it's it up. Go Begley, Tepe. eleven thousand, nine thousand BCE. So we're talking thousands of years before. And they think the people have been for two thousand years, right? And this is this is what I go to. I think the Sphinx is older. After doing everything, I think the Sphinx is older. So Me they too. put the pyramid building at two thousand five hundred yeah. BCE. Okay, yeah. so how are we able to do a far more advanced building with far more advanced sculptures. Look at these dogs they carve. Look at the lion head they carve. Look at the faces they carve. And then ask yourself, how did they do that 11,000 year, 11,000, 9,000 BCE? So you're talking like 7,000 years or right. roughly. Where, where, was, earlier. Where, where did this technology go? Right. What and why happened? Wasn't it, why didn't it just explode everywhere? Ex yes. Yes. And um, yeah. so they, there's a lot of talk that there was a uh, that mass level extinction event happened. Mm -hmm. um, the timing of it is too, of of when they know Gobekli Tepe was operational, like you know when it was like built by their dating. Yes. The time frame is too coincidental to not have any impact on it for that two thousand years that that site was active. Right. And the thing too, they know that that site has younger structures in it too, where it was like damaged yes. and rebuilt. And when they rebuilt it, they weren't using as sophisticated of techniques. Yes. It's like they forgot things. Yes. And the other thing crazy about the, I have to keep looking it up because it's so weird to say, Gobekli Tepe, is that Gobekli Tepe translates to pot-bellied hill. Mm -hmm. Why was it called that, you would ask? Well, they, they buried it. The reason no one knew about this site is because someone intentionally buried it. I have to be honest, some of the images are 
haunting. I would like to use that word. Some of the statues don't have bases. Yeah. Like, well, that happened a lot too. Like Egypt, when they knocked the noses off statue, that was a sign of disgrace. Well, these are statues carved without faces, and they and they wondered what was oh, up okay. with that. Yeah. If it was like a deity thing or a god thing, because uh, further away from Koplaki Tepe, they have found busts of people where they're perfectly fine. They knew how to do faces. They knew mm. how to do this stuff, yeah. but they just at this site they Maybe chose they were not just, to. Yeah. Which is weird. And the animals, there's a dog one that's amazing. Yeah. One, um, there's some crazy like demon creatures that are carved too. And Graham Hancock um, talked about how there's these people who wrote a book uh, based off the symbolism there. Yeah. And they think that it's trying to tell of a meteor strike. Yeah. I was going to, I was kind of going there too in my mind uh, because those events, uh, those kinds of meteor events, like the, I think it's the, torrid meteor stream that yeah. we go through every so often i think twice a year we go through this but like we're they they know that there's theories about where that came from but basically we look at it now as like you know a, mm -hmm. uh, a spectacle in the sky to just admire but like right it, it has be... it has dropped large objects yeah. onto the, the surface of the planet we know like that tuscarora whatever that you know what i'm talking about yeah the one in russia that massive Explosion in the 1800s. Yeah, they think that was some kind of uh, meteor. In that, I think that did coincide with one of those torrid meteor stream. Um, so I think that that's important to note that you know these and they they the way um, those comets and other astrologic astro uh, you know what I mean space type uh, events that take place. They're cataloged, and they, there's evidence of those being cataloged all over different civilizations. And, and a lot of them use the same imagery. Yes, and yes, and the the biggest thing I think Gobekli Tepe suggests is that there are people around before the Younger Dryas. Yes, and that they survived this mass level extinction. And they had technology. And they had to build big, impressive things. And yes, and after after this cataclysmic event after this cataclysm there was this reemerge like a reemergence of, of, of civilization yeah and they think that people traveled uh, there were people who were traveling to different uh, civilizations or different cradles of life and teaching them um, well, if you think about it too like we talked about this if you had something crazy happen now there'd be pockets of people like gathering together trying to survive I think and you'd be trying to find people who knew different things but the higher I look at it this way, like it's kind of like a video game. The higher you level you go up in skill set, the less of those people there are. Right. And like, like yeah, you're part of grade one. How many like if a terrible tragic tragedy happened, how many people would actually know how to run nuclear reactors? Yeah. Like what are the chances? And the, if there are, like what are the chances they know how to run every bit of it? Mm -hmm. Because those are massive power facilities. Right. Like, and yeah. even even coal plants and stuff yep. like that. Like I just feel like it'd be so easy for us to not only not have those people available to help spread that knowledge and then what would happen is you'd be left with people who had partial knowledge of certain things that could be passed on but that were not totally understood it's sort of like how you and i we both have these cell phones i know how to work this freaking thing but i don't know how what's going on inside of it all the time like i yeah. could take it apart and say oh this is doing that and you know the battery i could probably explain yeah. that but that's it right and it's that kind of thing where it's like an evolutionary game of telephone yeah, I mean the game telephone, where like maybe these people after after the cataclysm went around and taught these people near Turkey, you know, taught them how to build Gobek, uh, the Gobekli Tepe, 
I'm saying it wrong so many times, but I'm fine with it. And, uh, and, and that's why you see a built right earlier and then built crappy later because yeah. they left. Hey, the yep. teacher's gone. It we don't happens. really need to do it like this. It's so many, there's other examples of that happening. Like Egypt, when it was conquered, I believe by the Ottomans, they took the best sculptors and artisans from Egypt back with them to do their, uh, sculptures and, and mm. monoliths and you know like i mean all their kinds of major stone carving work they, they took all the best artisans for their own and then you see this in egypt like that's when all the work just becomes shoddy like the carvings aren't as good the paintings aren't as good and, like right. you can just see that they took all the talent away and it's that kind of thing like if you're left with something less than you're gonna make do with what you got right and so it just and like we're talking about in Egypt, there's evidence of them using high-speed saws to cut some of these um, stones. And Gobegli Tepe, they found a bead with a hole drilled through you it with that. like perfect precision, like yeah. millimeter precision, like straight through. So, and there's there's evidence inside of that of a high-speed drill being used. And, How on earth did that happen? Yeah, and and it has a an alignment, right? right. Uh, Gobekli Tepe, Gobekli Tepe has an astrological alignment too, right? It's built facing due north, I thought. Well, I don't remember that, but I, mean, I believe it does have... Most of these sites have some sort of... Well, that's what I thought. I thought. I think that's an interesting point. So, I don't know if you guys know how, like, if you know astrology at all, there's actually a little bit of a science behind it. Like, the house you're born on has to do with what, uh, you know, what... Uh, constellation is in the sky, you okay. know, when we're in the house of Leo, like it has to do with the time you're born. Yeah. born. Okay, well, there's also these huge stints of time where uh, they shift really slowly, but I mean, we know this now, I guess we kind of knew it then, but basically we would say, uh, I mean, like thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And so currently we're in, I like, think, the house of cancer. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. It's not my bag, you know, not my bag, guys, but. Anyways, long periods of time when you're in a house of a specific thing in in astrology, and each house that you're in has a specific you know sign, the zodiac, whatever. Sure. Okay. So, um, if the Sphinx would have been built um, when they claim that it would have been the uh, Robert, Robert, Robert Shock and, and Anthony West, Anthony West, it would have actually been in the house of Leo when if you would have been in the sky. Yeah, if you actually watch it on the equinox, again, I'm going to mess up things, but like the Leo equinox, whatnot, it aligns perfectly with uh, the Sphinx. Compared, so significance. Yes, compared to if they would have built it the 2500 BC, that's the house of Taurus. Which, why would they have built a giant lion, cat thing, mm -hmm. when it would have been the house of the bull, when there was, you know... Yeah, I'm with you. I know. I mean, who's I guess to say it's a we reach, don't know? For, yeah, I mean, there's <clears throat> the ancient civilizations put a lot of stock in that kind of thing, and whether they were guided by it, we don't know. But it's yeah. it's anecdotal evidence to say that it would make a lot more sense for that to line up. Right. I agree. So um, I think this one's fun to talk about. Um, there's this guy named. Too many notes. That's not what he's named, but uh, I had Chelsea helping me with this stuff, and it kind of got a little. You guys crazy. are crazy. You have like six pages of notes, two different notebooks. Oh yeah. Posted note off to the side. This changed our lives. This really did. It's wild. Um, okay, so 
there was this guy named Solon, okay? And uh, Solon lived 600 BC. Okay. He takes a trip to Egypt. He's from Greece, okay? Takes a trip to Egypt. He says, when did you people get here? You know, how long have you oh, been here? Yeah. And the guy says, we came here 9,000 years ago after a flood. Okay, 9,000 plus 600 BC. We're at 9,600 BC. Where we live, currently, 2,000, you know, add that together. <gasps> That's the Younger Dryas. Yep. That's like precisely the Younger Dryas. Okay, now who is Solon? Okay, pass some time. We get to 428. That's Plato's great, 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 great grandfather, the Solon guy. And it got the story from Solon got passed down through Plato's lineage and mm -hmm. generation to Plato. And Plato wrote about the Solon traveling, traveling yep. and talked about the great city they came from went under. And it was 9,000 years ago. And that's what. That's where we get Atlantis from. That's the story of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And Makes the sense. Yep. other interesting thing is this kind of is backed up by the Egyptians too, which I guess you can't really say it's backed up by when the story came from the Egyptians. Right. But they have their own their history. Too. There's something called the Palermo Stone, and this is now in Palermo, Italy. And it is... Uh, it's a history. It's a history. Yep. It's about the Netcheru, the Netcheru, yep. the people who were the original people that they claim to be the people who lived with the gods, mm -hmm. the Egyptian gods, were the Netcheru. And it, and it identifies pharaohs far before the ones we recognize. That we know about. The ones that the united largely, the different yeah. kingdoms yeah. Of, the, of Egypt. So, even Egypt's, even Egyptians have artifacts that claim they came from a previous group of people who fled after a massive flood. Yep. Which just, I mean, I hate to say, like, so many coincidences make a truth, because that's not the case, but I'm moved at this point. I am moved at this point to feel um, like the coincidences are I scary, I would say, like they're just... Well, there's other evidence of... of history, you know, historical cultures, right? So you got, um, and I mean, I don't want to totally dive off, but I think this kind of supports what you're talking about here. Something I was looking into was the, the Clovis people. Yes. Right? All over North America. Yes. And, you know, for the longest time, there was this whole uh, Clovis first uh, viewpoint that was really, uh, that was what was supported. It's kind of like the way people think today about how old you know, the sphinxes and all that. Yeah. Um, it, there's there's always going to be accepted history and then others who are trying to either refute that or support their own, you know, evidence of otherwise. Um, it's not maybe to refute their point, but it's just saying, like, there's more to it. Yeah. Right? So, there, you know, there's there's a lot of evidence for these Clovis sites. They're all over. that they, 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 It was uh, found originally back in uh, New Mexico. And um, <clears throat> these... So these people were hunting, you know, large game, fairly sophisticated, um, had technology in terms of the types of hunting weapons they're using. They're much less sophisticated than the folks that built Gobekli Tepe. Sure. Um, but we're talking about a civilization that existed around 13,400 years ago. That's... So, I mean, we're going back even before 
some of the stuff. Well, not before. Yeah, I'm no, talking still before right after BC. the Younger Dryas. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about even maybe even before that. Right. right? I'm sorry. And so, like, they've got so there's evidence. Like, it's not too crazy to think about these fairly sophisticated um, civilizations living. And you know, they think it's kind of nuts that the Clovis people. They're finding these sites all over North America, yeah. and it's the same technology. So was it the fact that the Clovis people existed ubiquitously, or did they have something they came here and they just taught uh, you know, others you yes. know, that, that technology? Why were they all using the same spear points? And that's why I, I think we should jump back to the Olmecs. Yeah, and there's other... So yes. we're, we're giving other examples. Yes, the yep. Olmecs. If you don't know who they are, I didn't either, okay? The Olmecs were given that name by the Aztecs. Yep, pre-Aztec. Yep, and meant rubber people central america so they yeah the olmecs were the precursor to the mayans and the aztecs yep. now the aztec calendar is actually the olmec calendar right it, that's where it came they from. took it yep now um that's where they find these monoliths that look like they are maybe from africa or polynesia yeah the looks on the faces of these carved heads are they look like they're of africa the they, the they don't and... look largely like people that are native to north america central absolutely america. And and there's some carvings there, and one of them is this serpent, or it's like a serpent. Yep. Uh, and in the bottom of there's this man, and he's holding a bag. Yep. And this bag is also found in oh, and other yeah other carvings across the world. And uh, Graham calls it the man bag. Right. Um, but he thinks that could link link back to I want to say he said Somalia, the right. people from that area, and he thinks that maybe those people survived the Younger Dryas and then set out. To re, it's a, it's unclear. The world, yeah, you know? we're not sure. Right, right, we're not clear. And that's but why we I'm know that they were doing things like this. And, and why are that? Why are those those hieroglyphs? And one of the found. things the skeptic in that uh, debate yeah. pushes back. He says, "Well, how do we know it's just not the hunter gatherers that they're just more advanced than than we thought they were?" And I love the pushback to that. Is is when we assume they're hunter gatherers that that takes up. It takes energy uh, to support a mass amount of people to have enough to have enough uh, infrastructure to build something like Gobekli Tepe. Yeah. Gobekli Tepe is uh, something we did not consider oh, yeah. hunter gatherers capable of doing. Correct. Why would they? Because they have they don't they're more sustenance, right? right? Survivors like they don't have a surplus of agricultural. Like usually, it takes agriculture to make the leap to civilization. It, and they, so they don't have, even have a think, of resources. They don't think anybody lived at Gobekli Tepe. Right, they, they think, think it was just was a, a temple or site. a religious site or something. Yeah. So these hunter-gatherers are moving these 20-foot-tall, multiple-ton blocks in their spare time. Yeah. Like, without agriculture, without... Why? Yeah, it doesn't Why make sense. Why would they sense. do it? It just doesn't make sense. And the timing is way before what what we know now to be right. Yeah. Um, the problem is Egyptologists, it doesn't seem like they're wanting to disagree with each other. It seems like they all get their information from the same source and they don't want to push back. They'd lose a lot of interest if they found maybe they weren't the oldest. I think that it's some of this, you know, you built your whole life on a whole concept and supported that and fought everything to make that the way it is. And anything to refute that's kind of hurting your baby. Yes. <clears throat> that yes. makes sense. So, uh, I want, we mentioned this earlier. I wanted to get on this. Now, what is advanced? When you think of advanced civilization, there's three things that I kind of think okay. that's, that's you know seals that uh, a written language, okay, um, 
animal husbandry or domestication. Agriculture. And uh, metallurgy. Okay. Being able to work with metal. I will put forth, in my opinion, that it actually might be more advanced not to use those. I think astronomy is in the top three for, for, for an advanced society or civilization. It has to have astronomy as part of it. Which is very impressive considering the... Uh, because a lot of the, the ones that we... astronomical, uh, astrological, astronomical significance of where the Great Pyramids are placed. Yeah, because, I mean, that's how a lot of them developed mathematics. They know that the Mayans were using calculus. Yeah. Like, and they discovered it on their own, apart from the Chinese. Right. So, I mean, <clears throat> they're, they're, astronomy is a big thing. Being able to track psych, lunar uh, astrological cycles and whether or not there's certain significance to them is beside the point. They could pinpoint where they put their freaking... Uh, monoliths and everything else to like have the sun hit a certain spot to right. like track stuff. I mean, to spend the generations it must have taken to develop that technology. Right. You know, so that to me has got to be advanced. So, but no, can we take these specific yeah, ones on? I, I, I would push back that a written language may not be an advanced thing. Okay. And the, this is my pushback on this. I'm not my ideas, I'm stealing this from Robert okay. Graham. But he said, uh, he talks about Horus. Um, the Egyptian god, after they came up with hieroglyphics, said, yeah. what if this writings are bad? What if they leave the land and without them goes the understanding about what they really mean? Mm -hmm. I, I see what, like, you know, I, if me and you have an experience that means something and is meaningful, we could probably, we could probably uh, pass that experience on better orally. Well, we could evoke yeah. emotions. Dude, there's oral traditions. Like the Aborigines, they right. have large oral traditions, like long-standing, and that's how they pass down their stories and creation and all that. And <clears throat> and let's say me and you are traveling somewhere, okay, and uh, I'm having, like, I need uh, emergency heart surgery or something. We'll say something easier that you could probably do. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll make it still easier. Let's say I need, you, you know. Need help. Yeah, I have uh, one of those things where I need you to, like, cut the cut my leg or whatever so I get the blood off it. Uh, okay. I can't remember what that's called right now. All you medical people. Anyways, let's say there's a procedure that Brent could probably do if someone walked me through it. Would I want Brent to have to go through eight, ten years of medical school to learn that procedure? Or would I sure as hell hope there's somebody on the phone that could pass information to Brent orally mm -hmm. that would get him to accomplish that? I, I think I'm, I might be able to... So... I would argue there's a point where the oral <clears throat> meets a maximum capacity in the sense that because there are oral traditions, but they don't usually pass down super complex. They might pass down how to grow crops or something like that, which sure. that could be complex, but let's just say that it's relatively simple compared to some some mathematical formula. Like typically, in my mind, if you're going to, like share that or even be able to teach it or understand it yourself, you're going to have to capture it somehow. Yeah, you could keep it all up here. Yeah. I'm just, I more or less feel like it is a point of diminishing return with the oral culture where you could just get it down and much faster written and then people could feed off that. I, I, I totally agree with you and I'm not trying to say we shouldn't yeah. have a written language. No. I do understand where you can... You can write something down and lose the importance of it. So is that what you're getting at with this? Is how do we lose these technologies? No, no. Or? I'm just saying that I, I think our ideas of advance may not always be right. Yeah, and okay, 
you could go in different angles for that too. And that's so. Let's dive into the next one then. Okay. I think we all agree we don't like caging animals now. Like I, I think our, I think the way we've domesticated animals now has turned into something horrific. Like we all see the PETA videos where like they, you know, the cows are crammed. There's cows that are born deformed and they don't die right when they try to slaughter them. I mean, it's gross. Like, when we used to hunt animals, it was, they'd go out and they'd hunt and be ceremonial. I mean, we'd use every part of the animal. It, it wasn't... So you're saying that advanced in terms of valued. Yeah. So, I don't disagree. There's probably better ways to do it, but I'm sure as heck not going to stop eating hamburger. I'm not telling you to. Yeah. I'm not no, I don't, I don't yeah. say you're going there, but I think that... I'm just saying, what, yeah. how we do it today, like... Maybe you should rethink yes. advanced. Sure. And, and metallurgy. Okay. Look at the... Look at the havoc it causes on our planet. Like, just even mining. Go bigger. Like, we mine so many things now. Like, mining is a The scale of it's the problem, sure. It is. And and that's why, what if they, what if there was a civilization back there that could have, but chose not to do this? Sure. You know, like. Well, that's where you get the difference between the conquistadors and the North American inhabitants before they got here. Even well, some of them were smelting and working with metals, yeah. but they weren't, you know, they didn't have London in the, you know, industri- before the industrial age with so many coal fires you couldn't even breathe. Right. So, yeah. And that's, and that's this, is where, this is where we're going to depart the <clears throat> realm of fact and go into the realm of myth and religion and, I don't know what else to call it. Sure. Abstract. Journey now with us into the abstract. Um, other people had these ideas that there were older things, that there were older religions, that there were older people, that there were anything. Yep. And I'm sure there's many philosophies that have done this, but the one that really jumped out at me in doing this research was called Theosophy. Mm-hmm. So Theosophy is formed by Helena Blavatsky, okay. or HPV, because she has another name. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Patron, I think. Helena Patron. HPV's not very flattering. (laughs) But you'll remember it. That's the point. That's the whole point. So, uh, she's a little girl. Okay? She's a little girl. And she finds her grandpa's library. And in this library, all these books filled with the secrets of the world. The old world, if you will. And guess what he is? A Freemason. Mm -hmm. So, he's a Freemason. Freemasons are interesting. Because we'll do a show on them. Yeah. But the basic thing, idea says, um, these guys were the pyramid builders, and they claim that their technology came from Atlantis. <laughs> There's a lot of Atlantis in this damn show. Yeah. And it popped up organically. Like, I wasn't, like, searching ties to Atlantis. Yeah. It was like everything I searched went back to Atlantis. Hmm. It went back to this idea that there was this bigger, greater civilization at a time that we came out of and had to reemerge from. And 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 the Theosophical Society or Theosophical folk, if you will, led by this Helena uh whatever her names. Yeah. We yeah. get you. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> Last Russian names I have to say the better. So um, she goes on these quests throughout her life. She travels the world. She goes to Canada for a while to meet some of the shamans up there. She goes to Tibet, has a hard time getting in, gets smuggled in. This is under British rule. So she ends up this loathing of the British Empire, too, which is just, I don't know, kind of funny. Hmm. Um, she writes this book, 
and um, it was called, um, well, that was after. So she starts, a, uh, she travels the world, has all these experiences, meets with shamans, comes to America in, 19, in 18, excuse me, 1875, starts the Theosophical Society. Hmm. It's, uh, now there's the Theosophical in America. But their whole point is um, divining wisdom in search for the ultimate truth. Okay. Now, this lady had these ideas that were very, I don't know, they're out there, but she had this idea that there were root people. And these root people, um, she ended up using the word Aryan a lot, and this is pre-Nazi, but um, she had this idea that there were these root people that... Like the original people. Original people, and they practiced the original religion, that all other religions came from this root religion. Hmm. And that it... Um, that these Aryan people were people who who had survived. I am mixing these two, but I, from what I take, it sounds like she was saying these root people survived this mass extinction. These are the older people. Some like, yes, yes. Maybe they are the ones who survived the younger, driest. Not terminology she would have been able to work with in her time, but these were kind of her ideas. Yeah. And she thought that um, certain root people could not evolve past a certain point. They would actually stay at a certain level, and that the people who came back after were taught different. They were different, able. I don't use the word "evolve" more. That's not what I want to say. I don't think that's what she said. But uh, I will say uh, some of her teachings got taken uh, a little off kilter, if you will. And uh, basically, Theosophy lend, uh, steals a lot, a lot from Buddhism and stuff like that. Steals a lot from a lot of religions mm -hmm. and kind of <clears throat> finds, the, I would say, my favorite parts of them. But um, she writes this book, and um, it gets in the hands of Hitler. And uh, Hitler takes this book <coughs> and really twists some of this Aryan stuff into being propaganda, propaganda that yeah. he used. Now, if you read the book and stuff, she actually counted the Jewish people as part of the Aryan people. Mm -hmm. So how Hitler turned it to that uh, well, it, doesn't match up with her original. He, he picked what he wants out of her book. Yeah, and it, <laughs> sounds, it, it sounds like she didn't like Jews either. It sounds like she was not a fan of the Jewish people either. I got that from one video though, and I don't have a lot to base it off of. I'll, I'll link to the video. You guys can decide for yourself. Right. She is not the topic here. But she goes on after these life travels and stuff like that. She's claimed to have like had uh, a communication with this dead person, right? And it ended up being a person that was alive. I know. It's a freaking weird story. And I'm not going to go any further into that, but yeah. look it up. All in the video. Um... So she starts, this Helena H.P. Uh, Blavatsky starts the um, American Theosophical Society, Divining Wisdom, says each religion has divine wisdom, and uh, they value the individual study and experience and insight rather than rely on dogma. Hmm. That's like preaching to me. <laughs> like those are things I uh, felt very akin to when, when she that was in the reading. Um, interesting enough, she was the person who taught uh, Gandhi. Gandhi got learned his uh, stuff from her, hmm. and uh, Thomas Edison was in her Theosophical Society, too. Interesting. Yeah, light bulb dude. So, I've looked into Theosophy quite a bit, and it's 
it's really interesting stuff, um, especially like the stuff about the root religion and how it branches off. Um, some of the stuff you could like take away from that is that uh, like the um, uh, Eskimo people and stuff like that uh, help me out. What are they called? Man, you're reaching there. I was gonna say Eskimos. All right. <laughs> what, uh, what do you mean? Inuit. Oh, they're, okay, yes. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Inuit people, uh, they would be very close to the root people and very close to practicing that root religion. Interesting. It is interesting. And I don't really know anything about them, to be honest with you. So now I'm going to take it into my whole little theory to throw at you. Okay. And uh, this combined a lot of people theories. I don't want to take full credit for this, but I do think this is an interesting idea. What if we were advanced in different ways where we weren't doing the animal husbandry where we had more of a respect for the for the world what if we lived in the concept that we weren't better than anybody on the earth but we were part of it okay. and and what if the shift that happened was this idea that we were better that we were the superior beings on earth and that's what led us to conquering the elements conquering like the things uh, the animal domestication and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's like I said earlier with the whole, like, saying that God put us here to do, and to rule over, yeah. right? Uh, in whatever capacity, yeah, I, I definitely could see how people could make that leap. It's the same kind of thing, right? You're granted superiority by God, in my example, but in yours, it's just, I decided I'm better because I can think about these things and I can talk and I am better, right? Because the dog doesn't run up to me and say, how you doing, Ralph? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so this is a quote from one of the Theosophical readings. Mm -hmm. uh, Humans are sparks of the divine trapped in the material world who desire to return to their spiritual world. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, again, Theosophists kind of bring together a bunch of different um, religions or whatnot, oh, if you will. Oh, sorry. I was but, up till three. Oh, oh, I, I, bet three. <laughs> I know. I know. Kids are rough. Um, but what they draw again, heavy on Buddhism, uh, heavy on Hinduism. So there's talk of uh, reincarnation and stuff through theosophy. Mm. Yeah. And um, um, I was going to say also, um, this ties into this other weird idea that getting crazier that that maybe the mass extinction was actually caused by us hmm. that okay. we caused it and one of the interesting things they point out is look at the story in the bible why does god flood the earth well it's because we've gotten gotten away from his teachings or whatnot right. and um in the egyptian thing they talk about um it's Horus, I believe, talking. I played that for you. I'll, I'll, there are links to everything. Okay, yeah. But there's a teaching in Egypt far before Christianity talking about how um, God would clean the world with floods and then with fire and stuff like that. The it, Indians it, have their own. Yes. Like where the gods had a battle and they describe it as like it almost sounds like a nuclear war. Right, and there's these weird things like we find these uh, nuclear glass. When I say Indians, I'm sorry. I mean, India. India, yeah. Um, nuclear glass has been found throughout the world that dates around the time of Younger Dryas, which would, would coincide with a... Meteor strikes. A meteor, but it could be nuclear, you know? It could be a nuclear thing or something like that. It's possible. But I just think it's interesting that in all the religions that you go to, and even, like, even it seems like these ancient um, 
civilizations yeah. that mankind is always in some part to blame for the flood or for the downfall or the sure or something which f- I, yeah fallible I, I don't know what we can take away from that i mean it would be really interesting to me that we are on this repeat cycle where we just we have this awakening that starts to come and it gets squashed out like the anthony west guy um get talked about how he kept getting just squished by all the academics and stuff because it didn't fit their their world. Then all of a sudden we find Gobekliotepe and it it's really throwing this worldview that we had for the longest time out the window. I know. Yeah, and that, you know, it beats the people who were doing that uh, no uh, Clovis first thing where they were yes. saying that those were the original people. And for the people who push back and say, well, if it was an advanced civilization, where's the plastic cups? Where's the... Yeah. I pushed back that that our mindset today of what advanced was may not have matched up with what the yeah, other was. And that's totally right. I mean, at the end of the day, I may not have been following along with where you were trying to go with that earlier, but just because you're advanced, I mean, think about the Amazon. We were talking about that. Yes. The people in the Amazon where they're, they're doing this LIDAR stuff and they're finding all these temples yes. and massive cities that used to be, you know, that uh, went away largely. We know uh, a lot of those people were wiped out by smallpox that just spread like wildfire. Right. So it killed like the Incas, got wiped, the Mayans, the Aztecs, all got. We talk about that in our tribalism episode. Racism is very much a genetic thing. Yeah. Because and, of these incidents. Yeah. And, and like, uh, they know, like in the Amazon, they built these massive things, right? And the, the first conquistadors that went down uh, through the Amazon River system reported seeing cities of millions of people and then later yeah. hundreds of years later when they actually made it that far they thought it was all made up yeah. but not realizing if it was there it would have been covered by the jungle because the jungle eats these cities they have to be maintained yes and if they're not it just it you know in a matter of decades when we're talking about hundreds of years before all these things got explored right it doesn't take that long to just wipe it off like erase it almost like the nature takes yes. it back and these things these peoples had technology, astronomy, <clears throat> but also they uh, were ape, the Amazon dirt. Yeah, right. The dirt in that the Amazon is idea. not very uh, fertile. Yep. But the the peoples that lived there, ancient peoples, developed this kind of dirt they made that they could use to make it fertile. Like right. it's crazy. It literally makes it fertile. It has microbes and all kinds of nutrients in it. You go poop in the field. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's your turn. Like, All right, you got a you got a stone tablet I can read. <laughs> you know the stinky field. Yes, the stinky field. But um, still, yeah. So I think I think we can we can say definitively that uh, history is not accurate, and I think some it's of the, not complete. It's not complete. The funnest questions uh, I think to ask is, what happened? At what at, at what point did we decide that? what point did we decide we were better than nature? At what point did we decide that we had control over this earth? Because I do think, I do think that's kind of what we see in the rise and fall of these civilizations is this return to nature. Like, um, I mean, of course, it's probably some simple answer where that was just meteors and... and, and it, well, I mean, or a combination of things. Yeah. I mean, it's none of these, we, don't, we'll, we really don't know for sure. Um, but look at more modern disasters like Chernobyl. I mean, that, like, they literally can't, the animals, it's like a wildlife refuge now because nothing else can live there, really. And not right. that that's a great example of a reset because it's, it's radioactive. Yeah. Um, but those kinds of events can happen. I mean, just imagine if there was a massive solar flare that wiped out the power grids and, like, literally fried them. 
it would take us forever to get them back up. We would lose the supermarkets, like all the, we would have no power. Like we'd have to figure out a way to survive for an extended period without electricity like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we were able to do it before. We were able to transport ice long distances and stuff like that. The infrastructure's not there now though. And it was a lot less people. A heck of a lot less people. I mean, and that's where I think, I think there's lessons to be learned about living off the land so artificially that it really couldn't support the numbers that we had. Well, yeah, we've domesticated. Like, look at all the crops. I mean, you, I don't know how many crops you could plant now that would actually survive on their own without advanced knowledge and the combines and the, the, the weed killers and everything else put on them, you know? If you want to look for some information, too, on the um, Younger Dryas, I really recommend uh, the two things that look up for dating it is the uh, KT layer, mm -hmm. and then the other one is, I think it's called the Black layer. And that's supposed to be the beginning and the end. And from what it sounds, I mean, like again... the major fauna die-offs and stuff, yeah. I mean, yeah, mass level extinction. I mean, yeah. just huge. Because that's when they were saying, like, the forest was creeping north and then that event took place and then, like, all the cold... Yes. Well, and, okay, so, I don't know if you guys know history, where does where do civilizations, you know, form? Well, they form on, on water sources. Because yep. you got to have water. Got to have water. Got to have sustainable... Uh, animal population for at least the basics of hunter-gatherer. Okay, so we have all these these civilizations by the water, and then sea level rise by 400 feet. Yep. Okay, we should be looking, we should be doing digs. And we do find that. Yes, and we should be doing more. Like that uh, Graham guy says, why aren't we re uh, Why aren't we doing excavations at the shelf? You know, the, it wouldn't, it's not like the ocean like would have swept it all out, it just, it rose, it, it you know. Yeah. And he also says we should be doing digs in the Sahara because we'd probably find... It wasn't always a desert. It yet. wasn't always desert. It was a yeah. rainforest. And then it was... Uh, I don't want to do all that sand, though. How do you dig in the desert? And that's why people don't, because it's hard. So I, I think there's a lot of really good questions here. Yeah. And and I, I'm sorry if theosophy seems like a weird, strange thing to get into. Yeah, it. we're not trying to recruit you. We're not. <laughs> but I, I would like to say, like, there's this other thing. Uh, and this is the last thing I'll really do on this topic. Probably do it with my hand, Brent. You ate it. I know. Um, there's there's this thing called witch cult hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And if you go to Wikipedia, it says, It's a discredited theory that proposes the witch trials of the early modern period were an attempt to suppress a pre-Christian pagan religion that had survived the Christianization of Europe. I think this ties into this. I think this ties into this idea that... We used to be different. We used to... I really feel like the whole, you know, there's two kinds of people. I'm going to say this. I think there were two kinds of people. I think there were civilizations that thought they could do what they want with the world, that they saw themselves superior to the world around them, mm -hmm. and there were people who saw themselves as equal, as stewards of, of God's gift of this planet. There yes. are. Yeah. There still are. There's us, and then there's, there are still hunter-gatherers. Yes. Tribes but, we haven't contacted, tribes we can't contact. I know, I know. I'm saying more from a conspiracy. Like, no, no, I'm. You're right. I'm helping. I'm saying that we've we keep, we've managed to manifest that again. Yes. <clears throat> um, and this witch cult hypothesis was pioneered by two German scholars, and basically they came out with this um, in the early 19th century, and they just got ripped apart. Um, they it was called pseudoscience. And they said that they didn't they didn't do the process right, but they didn't really attack the concept. And it would just be interesting, if you would, that the as Wes says, the ruling religion of the day does not like change, does not want to upset the ebb and flow of things. Sure. And when 
this came out, it was just starting to be academia. When West came out, it was full-blown science is the religion of the day, sadly. Mm -hmm. But I, I think, I mean, you could look at, like, look at the Crusades. Was the Crusades an attempt to squash the proto-religion? <laughs> the Crusades was an attempt to conquer and but spread Christianity. Because they believed they needed to wipe out the Muslim heathens at the time. But why? Because maybe they were closer to the, that proto-religion. That I think that that's definitely something that's totally possible, but I would be more along the lines to believe that it was probably just wanting to spread one, one religion over another. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I just don't think that's correct. That 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 is the right answer. Not I think you're right that that's what they were doing, but I don't think that's a good thing to do. No. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. Um, I totally follow you there. So I I really want to do more on this whole idea that there was this pushback uh, against this idea. It feels like uh, without, like just throughout history, anytime we try to push back to say that we are stewards of the earth, mm -hmm. there's pushback. I mean, and nowadays we see it in Democrats and Republicans where we want to talk about climate change, but Republicans really, you know, push back. It's like they think that there's not a, there's not a problem we can invent a solution for. And Could be. it's not going to be the case. I mean, we can't deal with 400 foot sea rise. No. There are things that we cannot fix. And, like, um, I just think it's interesting out of all the prophecies that, you know, with Jesus and the flood and Noah, and then you hear the Egyptian one, and Greece kind of quotes the flood too, but hundreds years later, you know. Um, I just think it's interesting that it always has to do with something with man. Like, man losing their way, losing their touch. Well, it's always a punishment, too. It's a punishment. <clears throat> and I. I don't know, how can there not be somebody that sees some parallels to that with today? Like, it, it looks like we ignore the signs that the earth is getting bad. We ignore our neighbor who's drowning from sea rise, you know, because we say, well, it's not us. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, so there's, if you talk about, like, practical application of this stuff, there's some parts of it where you're like, look, we're not going to be able to get enough money or resources to save all the coastlines, so all you folks going to have to move inland. Yep. And then hope you like Montana or the Dakotas. There's other levels of um, you know technology. I think we're on the cusp of certain things like electric cars and things like that's not gonna make that's not gonna move the needle that much. But I think you get what I'm saying is I think there is I believe that people in general want to do the right thing. I think that a lot of them are lazy and or don't know what to do. So we didn't touch I'm lazy. on this. I don't know what to do. I, I, I want to get on this just yeah. because we're still here. Okay. We learned about the pyramids, that there are those. Um, we know about the stones surrounding the pyramids. We know that they each weigh about two and a half tons or something like that. Right, the, cat, the stones on the outside. Right. Yeah. And I've watched videos on this doing the research here, but there's this these uh, tombs, or they call them uh, temples, I think they call them. Inside? Yeah. Yeah, there's the king's chamber, there's the queen's the king's chamber, chamber, but above that there's five antechambers. Uh, antechambers. Mm -hmm. And the roofs and the floors are made up of granite beams, tons. Yeah. and they weigh between 60 and 70 tons apiece for 300 feet up in the air. There has never been a documented thing I could find that tries to explain how those heavy things got there. Yeah. I'm just... it. 
However they built the thing from the ground up, when they were ready for that, they somehow brought those suckers up there too and put them down there, yeah. But there's no, there's no talk of that. No, I know. I mean, that that's just, and I think that lends itself to the idea that maybe there was an they advanced civilization. They can't explain it, why they Or are. there was an advanced civilization before. Well, we know they were advanced because they did these things, and we just don't know how the hell they did it. You could come up with whatever you want, like... I think we could argue that the the pyramids that surround those structures are much older than the things they're surrounding. I, I think you could argue that the internal structures of the pyramids may be older than the, the external. Could be. I haven't read anything about that. That was one of the things Graham talks about. Hmm. You know? And again, the the big pushback, I just think it's fun, I'm sorry. Uh, the big idea that the theosophists have and, and such is that we used to have a different reason for life, uh, and it was it was to find immortality. Hmm. It was this idea that we could gain a sense of immortality through whatever means that they had. And I think that's kind of been lost and squashed. Um, Should be, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting stuff. I'm I think not thinking got, about that. <laughs> we got to do a show on the Freemasons. Yeah. Because they keep popping up everywhere, too. So cool. I don't know, guys. It's a been a wild ride. It's a lot. It is. It really, really is. Check out that. If I was going to tell you to check out things, check out the Sphinx um, structure. Check out West. Yep. Check out what John Anthony West, Graham Hancock, Robert Shock. Yep. And um, great stuff with them in the links below. Mm -hmm. And then also check into that uh, Gobekli Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli Tepe. Yep. And um, there's the check out the Clovis people. Yes. Denisovan people. And what was the other one? The uh, the heads. Uh, I always forget about that one. The Olmecs. Yes. Yeah, that's a cool one too. Olmecs. And like, see what you guys think. And see. Yeah. And then check out the Theosophical Society. I will say there's one close to me here. I'm going to try to go check out a meeting. So you might end up with a show strictly on uh, theosophy. Uh, I love their whole thing is about uh, they're just in search of the truth. I feel like we try to find truth here. Mm -hmm. Sure. Is our goal. Definitely. So, uh, and they say that anybody in the search of proof is already a theosophist, even if they don't know it. Cool. So maybe we're like already honorary inductees. <laughs> Never know. Never know. So, I uh, hope you haven't lost you in this crazy world, and um, I hope you have fun. It was fun to research. I yeah. am hooked on this. It's really changed my perspective on things, and uh, I'm going to keep looking for the root religion. I'm hooked on that idea. So, let us know what you think in the comments below, and uh, watch some of our links, and make your own mind up. That's right. We always expect you guys to check it out, too. Don't just take our word for it. So, anything else? No, I think this was good. Um, a nice episode and something different. And we'll look back, we'll look forward to uh, doing something next week. Sounds good. Have a nice day. Have a nice week. Take care.